Episode 7 of the New Balances Podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and I'll be by myself today. So talking in a monologue fashion is not really something I enjoy doing because I never know how good the content is going to be when it's just talking to myself, about myself, and about things that are going on in my world. So, I thought I'd give you a little bit of a recap of what's been going on this week. I've been working a lot uh, on top of my 9-to-5 job. I also work uh, as a umpire in a social sports league here in the Boston area. And we've had a lot of uh, opening leagues of this week. So, I've had to do my part in trying to train people and get them ready to take on their own uh, softball leagues. And then also having to help uh, my wife in getting things ready around the house. Um, And she's taken on most of that work because I've put in, you know, a good number of hours outside of the house every night uh, this past week. So shout out to her for being the MVP for helping and being the rock within the house because of my absence. The the dynamic duo, me and my wife, the way that we are able to play off of each other and balance each other out will never cease to amaze me because of the team effort. You know, when uh, one person might not be able to uh, give as much of themselves, the other one is able to uh, take up where the other is lacking and really keep the team afloat. So it's always uh, a win in the win-loss column because the other one steps up when the other one can't step up. So that team effort and teamwork really comes into great... uh, It manifests itself greatly, and I think that's an awesome testament uh, to to marriage and to any uh, healthy relationship because of what marriage obviously is. But also it goes to show you what love is. You know, you love someone enough, you're going to just always be there for them and try to do your best to to do what you can to absolutely make their life just a little bit easier. One of the things that has been uh, difficult in the past few weeks for my wife has been indigestion with the pregnancy of our baby girl and the indigestion has been really debilitating it's not um, something that is heartburn in nature but she describes it as something more of like a constriction so when she 
tries to to breathe, she can't get uh, full breaths. So we had one trip where we had to go to the ER because of it, and uh, that was scary because I didn't know what to do. Uh, she was not in a position where she could really talk because of the amount of pain that she was in, and she also could not... Uh, she couldn't communicate other than say she was in pain so the doctors gave her all sorts of um like tums and malox and things like that to try to relieve the pain and that's all that could be done at that time i felt completely helpless during all of it because there was legitimately nothing that i could do and i'm used to trying to be a problem solver in one way or another but I didn't know what to do so being in that difficult situation you just sit back and try to hold her hand or rub her back or try to help her find a comfortable uh, sleeping position because that's all you can do you have to be there to support her to Even when there's nothing you can do, you have to find something to do. And sometimes that means letting her go upstairs or you go upstairs and let her be alone in her pain uh, if she doesn't want you to be there. And you have to say, okay, I can do that for you. I will do my best to do whatever I can to help her. It's difficult because you want to be there to help her, but you can't. So then the question becomes, what do you do? Well, you do what she asks you to do. And sometimes she's going to tell you to go away. She needs to be alone. She needs to be by herself. And that's okay because I don't have magic powers that can make her pain go away. Sometimes she just needs me to be there to give her a hug and let her know that I'm there for her and I will always be there for her always be there to give her hugs of consolation happiness it just goes towards what we have together and that's true love I heard a very nice uh, saying from a movie from uh, a, a, definitely a classic I feel like it was from uh, Wedding Crashers, and I'm going to play it for you right now. What's true love? True love is your soul's recognition of its counterpoint in another. And I feel like that this is what I have with Betty. She is my soul's counterpoint. She's the one who was made for me, and I made for her. And the balance that we have with each other and for each other is something that's truly special. There was a piece of scripture that I wanted to share with you. Um, I know this isn't a religious podcast, but religion plays a big part in who I am and uh, as a person and as uh, somebody who exists like religion speaks to me quite a bit so it's from Ephesians chapter 5 
verses 21 through 33. Now it's a bit contentious, a little bit, because of some of the verbiage that's in it. But just listen to me and hear me out, okay? So this is St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. Be subordinate to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives should be subordinate to their husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of his wife, just as Christ is the head of the church. He himself the Savior of the body. As the church is subordinate to Christ, so wives should be subordinate to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and handed himself over for her, to sanctify her, cleansing her by the bath of water with the word, that he might present to himself the church in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So also husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one hates his own flesh, but rather nourishes and cherishes it, even as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak in reference to Christ and the church. In any case, each one of you should love his wife as himself, and the wife should respect her husband. So when we look at this, right, we're talking about Paul writing a letter to the people of Ephesus, the Ephesians, and he's exhorting married Christians to a strong mutual love, holding that marriage is this divine institution. And Paul sees this Christian marriage as taking on a new meaning, symbolic of the intimate relationship of love between Christ and the church. The wife should serve her husband in the same spirit of the church, the church's service to Christ, right? And the husband should care for his wife with the devotion of Christ to the church. So, we, the church, serve Christ in going out and doing what he asked us to do, in going out to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, in living out that uh, mission of discipleship and sanctification. The marriage element that Betty and I share is one of self-sacrificial service to one another, where we take up the other's, uh, I'm going to say, cross their burdens upon each other when the other one doesn't have the strength to do it. And likewise, on the other side of that coin, where the husband... Um, loves his wife is the way Christ loved his church, meaning that we go and offer completely of ourselves to the point of death to love our wives, okay? So we are constantly going towards the very love that Christ had for the church.
and it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, but the love that we're referring to is something that is beyond what our ordinary uh, measure would be able to comprehend because it's a divine love. It's something that we are constantly striving towards but are always going to fall short of. This perfect love to be able to constantly uh, give of ourselves to the point of death for the other person. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm going to be dramatic and say to Betty, I'm going to die for you today. You know, I, I love you so much, I'm going to die. No. What I'm saying is, I'm going to continue to work through your pain. I'm going to continue to work through my pain. I'm going to work through my shortcomings to love you better, to better support you, to better be there for you, to do whatever I can for us and for our baby. I'm going to work by the sweat of my brow to make sure that we have what we need. And in doing so, we have this partnership because frankly I think she's got the hardest job of all the job of motherhood the job of uh, growing and developing a child within her the amount of energy that is expended by the body just for the sake of growing a child the fact that she has to grow new organs to uh, help sustain the pregnancy to help our baby grow that takes a lot out of you that takes a lot of energy there's a lot of tiredness there's a lot of um, frustration there's a lot of wanting to do things but not being able to have the energy to actually do those things so as a husband knowing that that is happening you have to be able to say, I got this, I love you, go rest. Because your rest right now is work because of what your body is going through. So go and rest. So when I sit back and think about adapting and overcoming to difficult scenarios or circumstances, I think about my own inadequacies at being a husband and father. And there are some things that you have to realize you're just not able to have control over. I don't have control over my wife's indigestion. I have control of how I can react to my wife's indigestion. And sometimes that means being there for her. And sometimes that means going away into another room. Or doing what I can to offer her comfort. So, the little things in life that we learn from and adapt to can teach us to be there for each other. I'm going to end the episode with uh, some questions that I submitted uh, or that people submitted to and ask me anything that I posted uh, last weekend. So the first question comes from a former student down in Louisiana, 
uh, wasn't one of my students, but was a student at the sisters' school next to Archbishop Shaw, where I was assigned. Um, she asked, what was my favorite part, and how was the transition out of seminary uh, into regular life and marriage? Well, my favorite part, I would have to say, was being down uh, in Marrero. That was by far the most favorite uh, time of my 10 years in religious life. Um, getting to meet all the people there on the West Bank, which is and will always be the best bank, um, was my most favorite part because of the experiences that I got to have while I was down there, to experience the culture and the food and the people. And then the transition into the regular life and then into uh, marriage and now preparing for a family um, has been awesome and interesting because it's going on for four years now in trying to figure life out. And I feel like I have figured life out because I'm married and I know that that's my vocation. And in knowing that vocation, I know that I can continue to go forward with that and just try to be a better person, a better husband, and a better father and continually strive to be better in those things. Do I suck at it sometimes? Yes, but tomorrow's a new day and I promise to do better. Another question we got was from one of my former classmates at Seton Hall University. Uh, he's a newly ordained priest by the name of Father Lynx, and he asked, did you ever come across a guy who spoke French? Uh, I never really experienced him speaking French, but I know that he is very uh, into Parisian culture, which is interesting because I think he's of Cuban uh, descent and speaks Spanish as well. So he's trilingual. Very smart guy. Love to hang out with him. And uh, hopefully one day we can grab a drink if you're ever up here in Boston or if I'm down in Newark. Another person uh, who I met early on back in, I want to say, the mid-2000s, uh, maybe 2007-ish, uh, was a friend of mine named Melissa from South Jersey who wrote um, and asked, do you feel like you had good personal formation? And do they talk a lot about abuse? So I feel like I did have a lot of good personal formation. And the formation that I received uh, in the seminary was something that will and has helped me in who I am today as just regular Adam out in the world. I feel like that formation only makes me a better man, um, someone who's striving to be better with each passing day. And yes, they did talk about um, the sexual abuse crisis, and we had uh, seminars and lectures and PowerPoints about it on how to create a safe environment. So things that weren't um, available when the abuse was happening, they didn't necessarily know what they were looking for uh, when you think about what an abuser is, you don't necessarily know what their tendencies might be. So they gave us some formation in trying to being able to identify those characteristics so that we could be on 
the lookout for predatory behavior. And the last question uh, that got submitted was uh, by one of my former Salesian classmates, a young guy by the name of Ronnie Chowka. Uh, He said, why were you never able to wake up to your alarm clock? And I think the answer to that is because I'm a heavy sleeper. Uh, I just, if I get to a point where I have my alarm is repetitious, my brain learns to block the sound out. And in blocking the sound out, uh, I just would ignore it. It would wake up everybody else around me uh, there in the house in Orange, New Jersey. So you're welcome for waking you up. Uh, and then you guys could wake me up because I would hear the knocking at the door and then I would wake up. So really, it was just a pre-alarm to wake up everyone around me who could then wake me up. And that was my community service for the day. So you're welcome. And uh, on next week's episode of the New Balances podcast, I will be joined by uh, Ronnie. And we will talk about some of our time in seminary together. And hope you guys enjoy. Uh, I know that this is on the shorter episode But when you have a monologue and you're just talking to yourself on a computer screen, for me it's quite lonely and uh, I think I do better when I have someone else to talk to. I will talk to you guys next week. Have a great week. Bye.